What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Garage Strike Podcast here with three-time world champion co-author of the year, king of the PA press, yeah, Earl Kunkel. Dude, I like was going for heavy doubles in the PA press, and I ended up hitting 120 for a single, but I took it for a double attempt. So like I got into like a thing of doing singles. I haven't been able to overtake 120 because I keep going 110 to over 120. Like that's my jump. Why not go like 16 to 22? I don't know because I know I have to hit like 21, but also <laughs> too knowing like 23 is like 270. It's like why don't I just go 125 oh, too? Like yeah. I just do dumb jumps that way. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today? Well, I want to get right into this week's Freak of the Week. And the reason being is that it's Wade doing something ungodly heavy. And I think, you know, for those that are listening to the podcast, so the Freak of the Week is if you're in Discord or if you message us on Instagram or you comment on YouTube or anything like that, or you could even send us an email and you send us your videos, we can select if you're going to be the Freak of the Week. And a couple times now we've had total freaks just sending us their lifts doing like hundred pound dumbbells for 20 reps or cleaning 330 snatching um what was it like a like a 250 plus or we had that marathon too yeah yeah the mar- oh that was crazy who did the, the marathon it was uh the basically super total and then and went and ran a marathon yeah so we've had insane freaks and and that included like a 600 pound back squat that was yeah well, that was the six six six, when he did the the deadlift, the squat. Be- the bench, or no, the squat, and then ran a sub six mile. Oh, that's right, dude. That's insane. Jeez. Yeah. And so here we've got Wade. Wade is now going to be a two time freak of the week. Okay, and 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 yeah, he was on the first time with he the did the I remember. no hook grip oh, snatch right. grip deadlift that's over right. like four hundred pounds, which yep. was pretty sick. And so. He's also, you know, you're looking at this, and when when it first came on, I was like, oh, he's gonna front squat this. Yeah. It's about like three. You want me to hit play? Yeah, it's like three ten. Looks yeah. like he's about. Fr- to yeah, pr- it's anywhere from one forty to one forty three kilos for the non imperials out there. The not. <laughs> oh, he stepped on the foam pad for the first two. Oh my goodness! Wait, get a freaking roller! But look at how the. Dude, what the heck? <laughs> Yo, that's insane. It's a front squat, too. So Wade is single leg squatting. So he's single leg squatting in the front rack with 140 kilos. And he's yelling, too, as he stands it up. And just slaughters it. It's yeah. like, dude, that is freaking... It. it it's... Like I think Wade's my age. He might be a, a little younger than me. Okay. It's like, what? He was at the the coaches the summit, summit last too. Year. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I remember talking to him. It's sort of wild to think. Okay, thirty-six to like, forties. Yeah, he, he's very thick. He's yoked. If I put one hundred forty kilos, like three ten, on my my front rack, it's heavy. Yes. Then to walk out barefoot with a high bench. Full depth single leg squat and hit it. It's like, dude, that's freaking heavy. And I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've seen 
knee to the pad too. If I've seen anyone much heavier than this, because usually in with this, the front squat, yeah, with the front squat position, I'm sure. I'm trying to think what Lucas has done. I think he's. You're not talking about Lucas's 700 pound Hatfield version of it. No, no. Or his <laughs> no. 535 pound non Hatfield. That's crazy. The Hatfield literally adds 30. percent Yeah. Like. Yeah. And I think so. For me, with the Hatfield is like. You can wake up the nervous system a little if you feel like yeah. it's not doing what it needs to be doing, which is sort of my risk reward currently with where he's at with his training. Uh huh. Um, because he's just been throwing so terribly that I need something to change. Uh huh. And I'm hoping that that provides that. And I think that he has done like 150 in the past from a front. From rack, a front. But I don't know for sure. Yeah. And now I'm almost thinking like. Maybe, I'll maybe have coming him do down that. the line just to see. Well, yeah, maybe I'll have him do it post U.S. indoors because it's like okay, we got like four to six. Yeah, it makes it lighter just being yeah. in the front too, yeah. and you know, also then you get perspective on someone who, like, Lucas is probably one of the best single leg squatters in the world. Like, yes, has to be. Yes, based off just numbers and. I have never seen anyone, and this includes Robert Forstman, I think is his name, or Forstman, who's the... uh, Is that the Quadzilla, the bike, the German bike guy? Lucas has done more than him. Okay. And he's tagged him in the videos, too. (laughs) He's like, come at me, bro. Yeah, so I don't think... So we can get a perspective on actually how, how heavy this is. Yeah. Like, it's heavy. Don't get us wrong. But, like, compared to, like, the world's best... Potentially, are athletes, like Wade's yeah. trying to run a business and coach high school athletes, yeah. and he's got a family and stuff. It's like just crushing life. It's still just slaughtering weights. Re- I think refuses to let gravity win, as I like to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that that entails to me, like the the freak of the week is like just literally pushing on on all cylinders and and trying to be the best that you can yeah. be and doing something freaky. So send us, you know, DMs over Instagram, Peak Strength. Even the the garage strength one as well. But really, go on the Discord. There's a thread, yeah. like podcast, and then it's like Freak of the Week, and just some, like upload Throw videos there. there. The community will like cheer you on, fire you up. Like, it's pretty active. It's I fun. wanted to share my personal Freak of the Week. Was, Uh-oh, what did you do? It was actually me running with Caitlin on. Were you able to keep up, or did she have to slow down? It was our long run, so she was like, okay. she was like, whatever, I'll just I'll go at your pace. So we have the same Garmin watch and it measures your 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 like power output while your 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 average power output per stride, your your highest level and then your average, right? Uh-huh. And then your highest heart rate and then your lowest heart rate. And Caitlin's highest power output was like 60 points lower than my average oh, power wow. output. And then her heart rate goes up to like 182, but Whoa. drops substantially. So she's capable of when, like when, uh, like if we're climbing a hill, her heart rate will elevate substantially to help contribute to the power output. But it will drop but then down. It drops very quickly. And I was t- talking to her about this, and I'm like, to me, that's probably a really good sign for a genetically gifted endurance athlete. Like, your body's comfortable going very high and then going down, whereas I'm, 
I'm still struggling, and I'm you know I've only been doing the the, the hard stuff for a couple of months, but it made me think about. I mean, she was also a, a field hockey. Yeah, player. she comes from a field sport yeah. that was more constant go. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're running close to. I want to say if I I think I've read like they run close to like an eight k, so like five miles. Yeah, a game. And, so, I, but you and you're sprinting hard. a lot too. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of speed, and so. I just wanted to share that as like this freakish thing where, and and the weird part is, is wait, like, is this your freak of the week or is Caitlin the sub freak of the week here? I was making Caitlin the freak okay, of the okay, week. yeah, I was making her the freak of the week because I was looking at it like, dude, that's just like freaky, freaky talented thing. I, I mean, she, dude, and she's only been weightlifting like she she hasn't really been doing any endurance work probably since before Lincoln was born. All I'm gonna say is. The hardest cardio is 10 plus rep back squats or even any squat. Oh, I don't yeah. care what anyone yeah. says. Your heart yeah. thumps. Yeah. Hard. Thumps. Instead of 20 back squats. Yeah. I have one. 20 rep back squats are like the one thing where I'm done and I feel like I want to die. <laughs> Especially the one time when I went for a PR attempt and failed the 20th rep. Oh yeah, I yeah. hit nineteen and failed yeah, the twenty. I've done like, that. I it was that. just dead. All right, we ha- there was another reason why we did Freak of the Week right away, and I want to do Freak of the Week right away. One because of what we're gonna do. Yeah, what we're talking about, but also because I think it's cool to get everybody to realize, like, dude, this. I think it could be cool because there's gonna be a lot of people that in the future will submit. Yeah, the freakish activities. We love seeing it. We love reacting to it. Yeah, but I. We do have to comment on something about Wade does a single leg squat. And if you've watched any garage strength video, you know, like the single leg squat is it's synonymous with like dynamic trunk control. Like Mm -hmm. it's one of the meme things is we like to joke around like in house about it. Um, And it's not that it's like a meme per se. It's just it's effective. It works. It Mm -hmm. the proof is there. Right. Like you see the athletes who do it and what they're capable of. Um. But Wade uses a bench for his single leg squat. And Garage Strength, like, we sell a single leg squat roller. And it's a difference maker. And we want to use this as sort of a talking point for a larger thought, idea around technology. Yeah. Right? And how technology has contributed to strength gains, to feats of human, like, wow, that happened type of thing. And technology is nothing new, right? Like, it's been around for a while. My dad was literally going off on the helmet technology in the Super Bowl compared to, like, when he played back in the 70s. He's like, it's crazy. If you would have shown me those helmets in 1970, (laughs) no one would have known what they were. And and he was just going on about that. And that, that made me think about, like, a lot of things and even for for myself that I've been like, wow, like this has changed a lot since when we were in high school even, which was, you know, not that long ago, twenty years. It was two decades ago. It was half a life ago. I guess that is a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a bit. It's been a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um so one of the things I know we have some videos queued up here, but some things I, I'd like to think about. Shoes. Yeah. It's a technology. Like, all right, maybe you don't think of that way because it's so ubiquitous, right? It's mm-hmm. 
you take it for granted that you have shoes on. But like, just think about the different types of shoes you have and what they're made for. So think about it if you have a weightlifting shoe on versus a shoe to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. Totally different shoe, right? Versus a shoe to run a marathon while being very heavy. Yeah. The size of the sole, the way the, the material of the sole is yeah. made, <clears throat> makes a difference in athlete performance. Look at Kipchoge. He ran like a 159 flat basically in the Ineos uh, shoe or the Nike shoe in the Ineos on a, I think on an uncertified marathon track. Uh, And the shoe alone took like two minutes off his marathon. Yeah. The carbon fiber shoe. And if we want to, if we stick with running, let's talk about track surfaces, right? Yeah. Well, was it used to be black top or like a gravel? Gravel. Yeah. And now it's, what's the material now? Do you, no, exactly. So I, I know like the indoor track is. I don't know if the material is Mondo or if Mondo is just the company. Okay. Uh, the outdoor track. I. Is it bad that I don't know the actual? You coach throwers. Yeah, but even like the all weather track is. <laughs> well, you know it's Mondo. I didn't know that. Like, yeah, like the all weather track. I, I'm all, I'm always like. Well, I mean, I it's almost think... like is it a search or is it? A, are you googling something? Right. right? Like sometimes right. the brand becomes synonymous yeah, that, with that's what, what it I is. Th- I think it might be that way with the indoor track, and I think that the thing that you'll see is the the harder the track. And you, there's like a, there's like a fine line too. Like you want a harder track that has a little bit, a very little bit of give. You don't want it to deflate too much, but you also don't want to be running on a sidewalk. Yeah. You know, so you, you want something that can handle and can give, give you something back. I would say that surface has contributed to world record times dropping. Yeah. I was just thinking too with swimming suits. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, there's there's a video. So there's a video of uh, a woman who I want to say this was maybe Rome or might have even been later. Might have been like 68. Um, I think Rome was 60, if I remember correctly. And she was like the number one girl in the world. Like she had won the the um, the world title at the time multiple times and was just like very heavily favored to win the Olympics. And I think my conspiracy theory is the Russians had something to do with how high they had filled the pool. And so they, they didn't fill the pool entirely. And America, the Americans were complaining about it because it was causing a massive wave on, on the turnaround. And so you would come up out of your, you know, so the wave that you, that the swimmers were leaving behind them was, would then hit them when they and would come. create more drag as they were like come yeah. out. And some people were struggling with the with their breath, and so the problem at that time, and this is going to involve like three different forms of tech. The suits were like old cotton suits, essentially. Like we actually <laughs> used to have swimming in in middle school. We had to wear cotton suits. Whoa, which was wild. Like can't crazy. even imagine that. Like super baggy suits. You're just getting heavier as you're swimming, right? Yeah, basically, <laughs> and then. Uh, they didn't use goggles. So so this woman's telling this story. You know, She was slated to win the Olympics, right? And it was a tight race. And she, she hit the flip turn. And when she came up, it might have even been breaststroke. So she might have come off the turn, not the flip turn, but come off the turn. And when she did her pullout, the wave from all the athletes hit her in the mouth. And she actually swallowed and started to like suffocate. Jeez. 
And she's like, so the other, so the problem was you get eye burn from the chlorine because there's no goggles. Also, the way that they would do their hair, they had just started to wear caps, but they weren't like entirely like they hadn't figured out how to properly wear caps. So like hairs in her eyes, doesn't have the goggles. Just swallowed a whole mouthful. Of, like, just swallowed a whole mouthful, almost drowns and had to hold on to the lane line and end up losing the Olympic title. And it goes back to the gutter system of the pool. I got to find out what this chick's name is. The gutter system of the pool was outdated. So they had bad gutters. They didn't fill the, the water high enough, which they, you know, now all these things are a standard in the Olympics. Yeah. Like you have to have this stuff. But these standards come from technology and also from like messing up. Too. Yeah. From experiences like this. Like, Aren't most of the freestyle wrestling rules like a result of like what happened to Kerry Colot? Like, yeah, in international, a lot of them. I think he's he's responsible for like three different rules. Yeah. Now, also like, um, yeah, looking at that, you're also looking at um, some of the rules in freestyle wrestling are also related to just pure entertainment. Yeah, we want to have it be more more engaging for the audience. I think folk style. Like collegiate wrestling needs to catch up a little bit. Like you get pushed out, like hit them with a stall. I think they're gonna do that. I think like they're gonna... the refs kind of do it already. But... Yeah, I think they're gonna do that. I mean, now they have a three point in college for takedowns. Yeah. So you have somebody who's up four to one, and one takedown ties it. And it's yeah. it's crazy what it's doing now. The last like twenty five seconds in folk style is insane. If you're down three, because you now you can tie it. Now there's, there's yeah. You hope. feel you got to fight in chance instead. Yeah. of You got to get two. Right. So I think that, you know, going back to the swimming pool thing, it's like goggles, you know, their swimming suit. And, and I think that technology itself, you know, safety, performance, and all of these things, not – then this isn't even in the realm of sports performance of, like, what we do in the weight room. Yeah, which we'll get into, too. Right. Like, so maybe talking about the single leg squat, right? The roller, um, as someone – who would not single leg squat because I hate I didn't have a roller. Yeah. And could not stomach the the way the bench made my foot feel. I never liked it. Yeah. Oh, I, I never liked it on my hip or my uh my and, back. And then the fact that the bench I think benches are usually around seventeen inches. Or just higher even too. Right. Um it felt like the range of motion was just like, I don't want to say it was too much, but was too much. Like it didn't move. I think your hips right. are up shifting too much. Yeah. So it's like, I, I didn't like it. And then I start doing it on a single leg roller and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like the world has opened up to me. Like it, it forms to your foot. Mm -hmm. Like it's comfort that way. The pad is great for like just being a little bit fearless. And all of a sudden, now you feel like you can drive, like that back leg. Just a like little you don't more. use it, but like you yeah. can be more stable. Probably about twenty percent. Yeah, and then when you're on this a single leg, like it's already like, yo, I have this weight on my back, and the, this the is thing, intimidating. The thing is, is that you have like I think it's important to recognize the technology is one. It's related to tibia length. Most people, even very tall people. You get like like my okay my tibia length right now as you know 70 i like to say i'm 73 inches 73 and a half inches let's say i'm six one uh, i'm probably about 511 and seven eighths right now uh <laughs> but if you took my tibia length uh-huh 
and you would compare it like to Caitlin, who's five six, five five. Our tibia length is very similar. And the tibia length in relation to, you know, like if Caitlin would try and do a bench, it's way too high for the tibia length, whereas the roller is almost it's like perfect. The other thing is is the the surface contact area is much greater because it's a circle. So you have a sphere for the roller. So you have the top of your foot into the crook of the the ankle into your shin. So it creates just enough stability from the contact point being greater that you know it's still really hard to balance in a single leg position with the bar, especially in a front rack. But because the roller has more contact surface, you can theoretically go heavier because of that. Which in turn helps with your sports performance. Yeah. yeah. Right? Greater load, you can train like for a bigger deceleration into a cut type of thing in that mm-hmm. unilateral position. Um, and what's crazy is we're talking about the squat. Let's like go back like a century, right? And talk about the squat, right? Like, yeah. People used to squat without a squat rack. Right, right. Right? Like this Yeah, and that's what in this video I I honestly didn't even know most of this stuff. Like I knew this exercise, but I didn't fully grasp. Yeah, so you want to watch this video? Yeah, I do, like, I do. Uh, let's see what happens. With the squat. So let's get into that. You see, back in the day, the most common way people performed Everyone's on their toes. Raised heels and either using very light weight or no weight at all. I covered this briefly in my. <laughs> Look at that barbell. That's video. Hilarious. But basically, heavy That's squats shape, simply though. weren't a thing yeah. back then because they didn't have squat racks. Any barbell exercise had to start from the floor. I'm going to pause it there. So, any barbell exercise had to start from the floor. Right. Now they're about to show us those like big circle, like the circle barbells. Yeah, like the now, circus, the circus dumbbell, but it's actually a bar. Yeah. Now imagine too when it doesn't rotate. Another technological advancement yeah. in sort of equipment and minimum to zero bend in the bar. Yeah, that must have been crazy on your wrist. Yeah, super crazy. And you know, I do want to say like some people have commented about like this, just use a bench type mm-hmm. of thing. It's like. No, like, see how the technology allows you to push. Just use a stone instead of a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> push things forward. All right, let's continue. Let's get into this coolness. Cutters were always limited in the weight they were able to use. That was until Mr. Steinborn came along, of course. Look at his spine. Dude, look at his freaking back. It's crazy. That's insane that. I'm just looking at it the way the shadows like cast yeah, on it. Yeah. Holy crap. So basically, those of you listening, guy sent it up to do a Steinborn squat. If you don't know, which notice- means he's rotating essentially 90 degrees yeah. to get linked up. And then he will squat down as he like pivots the weight across his his shoulders is essentially gosh, I hate the way this my seat is <laughs> I don't sit this far back, by the way. I'm like falling back. I had to say that because um, I felt like I was about to fall over. Dane there. almost fell out of his seat. <laughs> yeah. He's using his shoulders, his traps as like the fulcrum for the swinging part of the of the squat. Yeah. Now imagine the barbell trying to do that with like like a one rep max weight. Like 
You know, they've done this at the they've done this at the Arnold with the strongman. I want to say that these guys were doing like 300 kilos or something yeah, insane. That is crazy. But they're also giants too. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, they have technology. Yeah. Cuz he started squatting with some really heavy barbells by first standing them up vertically and then tipping them onto his shoulders. Here's a photo of Steinborn squatting 242 kilos this way. What? What? 242 kilos? <laughs> what is that? That's like 230, Dude, that's, 233, that's, right? No, 244. Oh, or it's, it's 533. It's, 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 yeah, it's five. Yeah, it's like 533. It's yeah. Exactly. It's around that because 240 is 529. Insane. So he's, yeah. So, all right. So imagine a 500 pound plus back squat, but you don't have a rack to get it on your back. And and think about this dude was starting from the bottom. Yeah, you can't walk it out. You you literally gotta tip over Ben, catch it in the bottom of the squat, pause it, and then stand it up. Dude, he, so this dude was motivated. Yeah, he doesn't look massive either. And look at like his stance. Look at how narrow his yeah. and, and he's got that high bar. Look at his traps. Jesus. Wait, still to this day, but it's even more crazy when you think that this barbell started on the floor. Also, you might have some doubts about his depth, right? You see this photo and think, oh, he's only doing a half squat. Well, here's a second angle of this lift. <laughs> Look at that. Isn't quite as good, but the depth is clear to see. This was no half squat. His heaviest squat was apparently around 250 kilos or over 550 pounds. Just 250 kilo so, squat is legit. So he for would anybody. do the Steinborn. I mean, he is Steinborn, right? He That's, would do that on the start. Yeah. Get it onto his shoulders from depth, probably with like a little bit of a stretch shortening, and then lead into standing up. Look at that dude's delts, too. <laughs> he yes. does have old man belly right there, though. Yeah, he does. But he, I mean, he's clearly in really good shape. Dude, that's insane. I don't, I know I can't squat that from a also, squat rack. He's holding an open palm on like a two inch bar there. And how much is that? Who knows? It's the world. It's the world. Yeah. What did these guys, this is okay. Here's one question I have is like back in the day, what did these dudes do like if they if they like tore their bicep or like I don't know or like probably what I did nothing <laughs> or like <laughs> just kept training like throughout their back bad uh -huh. like how did they deal with it probably like drank a shot of whiskey but that was illegal <laughs> then too yeah. I don't know although Steinborn sounds like it would be like a German name is he yeah. American or is he German maybe drank a stout <laughs> yeah maybe Pilsner How about that? Our modern equipment or, or our knowledge, knowledge yeah. which goes into another technological advance, right? Just our ability to share. Well, that's information. the other thing I was just thinking is like, it's not only the, the acute use of technology. It's the fact that that then leads to research. It leads to, um, like a much broader scale of, of technology and, and labs. And you can see like old research labs from the early 1900s versus research labs today. And it's like, 
it's just wild to think about. Yeah. I think we're good on that Steinborn one. Yeah, that that's crazy. And I think if anyone's ever done that movement, they know it's really, really odd. It's it's not an I've never tried it. I've tried it once and I was like, This is weird. I think I tried it when we were trying to film um uh what uh what was the dude's name the greek guy who was super heavy like pyros demas no 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 oh um the guy who the myth guy with the bull on his back no the uh no the greek guy this isn't greek the, the 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 guy that was screaming in the video and yeah kiriakos oh grizzly. The, the grizzly yeah yeah uh I think I tried like 70 kilos and I was like, well, that was weird. Yeah. No um, more. I'm done. Yeah. We should have a competition. Who Who's willing just to get the most on their back? They don't even have to stand it up. <laughs> but just put it there. Yeah. Who can do like the, the side it. bend yeah. to the back? Without falling over. Yeah. Oh, Talk my goodness. Talk about trunk control. I wonder what happens if you get used to the one side versus the other. I was. I feel like you have to do both. Like it would have, have to. That would be sick. I'm thinking when I do yoga, hot yoga, which you still haven't done with me yet. That's everyone, f- flame them in the, the comments. Let Dane know. <laughs> yeah, they're mad at you. I think Keith was upset about yeah, it. Yeah, they're mad at you. It will happen. We we got a long time. We'll, we'll get it. But they have us do this one thing where like you basically like put your biceps by your ears, straighten out your elbows, and then you like side bend and like yeah, you yeah. try to go into the side body as hard as you can, and then you. So, like, you bend into your right, you'll, like, rotate your left shoulder back at the same time. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, it, like, ties up your, like, breathing passage. But I'm, compared to the other people I look at in the mirror that I'm not supposed to be doing, but I just can't help but, like, see, like, like, am what, I doing this? Doing? Yeah. I can go pretty far over, so <laughs> yeah. I think that bodes well for my potential to, like, oh, side bend this. and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, man, but technology who would have thought a squat rack something like i think that's the i mean i've i was even just thinking back to the days of like pumping iron when you watch like videos of arnold lifting and and the benches that they used to use with the narrow uprights and just from a safety precaution method of like let's move the uprights out a little so that if we have high school kids loading the bar the bar doesn't flip as easy and the benches used to be very very narrow now you have like something like the thompson fat pad and it's like as soon as you bench on that you you feel like you can add another 20 pounds it's and that's just for the pad and then it's the foam that's in the pad and then it's like uh, like a more stable base for the for the bench like the first bench that i always benched on growing up that we actually used here it's actually still out in the shed um out in the back shed here it would sway back and Whoa. forth. Yeah. So when you would bench, if you were driving with anything from your legs, it would start to like sway the one way. You would feel like it was going to fall over. So it's like you start to see things. And now even today, we've got dumbbells that have fat grips that 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 spin. Um, and I, some of the machines that you can get on, some of the leg press machines are 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 really really cool because they'll take like angles of studies you know like the so the bench the bench study where they look at like a 15 degree bench versus 30 versus 45 versus 60 where does it become more of a shoulder exercise versus a pec exercise and they they've done that same research with leg presses and then built 
I don't know how these companies like analyze the, the research and they're like, oh, let's try to actually make money off it. Like, are they really making money? I don't know. But yeah, they're but making it, they're making cool. It's equipment. a cool product. Yeah, it's <laughs> a really cool product. And they do that with a leg press. It's like this it's, leg press will get you the most uh, like yeah, quadricep based off right. of research. Right. And it's like. I'll, and then you start to think further. I know this is going down the rabbit hole, but you start to think further about welding capabilities. What type of, of metal oh are they goodness. using? How, how, how is it greased? Is it hydraulic? Because that's the other thing. You look at it, uh, I think it's Kaizen is the company um, that a lot of sprinters will use hydraulic-based uh, machines. And it's like, dude, it's, it's crazy. I mean, even looking, even looking at, at uh, bumper plates, they got super into making bumper plates with plastic so what happened so they have like the crumb bumper is a cheap one like the black high right, tape. right that's crumb okay so it's like crumb with like tires basically like glued together is essentially how that those are made then they have the old school bumpers which are like almost 95 percent rubber like true rubber and they're very very durable but rubber can be expensive and also we tend to just rape and pillage countries that have rubber then they try to oh you're not into colonizing no you're anti-imperialist <laughs> except <laughs> get out of here so so then so they <laughs> oh was that too political no that was good that All was right. perfect that that was great then then with with bumpers they started to say okay well the crumb the crumb is okay you can get a decent product out of it but some people are complaining well let's put some plastic in in with the rubber so it decreases but then you get bumpers that chip and the metal plate comes out and Ugh. it and it doesn't last and now it goes back to all right well we found better ways to harvest rubber without raping and pillaging countries let's let's try to use that technology or that that product but with better technology no imf funding in there yeah yeah well <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> um so it's interesting to me when you think and then you then you look at the bars too and and it's interesting yeah we we touched on that quickly about just it's spinning versus like not like, right when alico first started making like really really high quality bars and york york as well i even wonder about the grip too like if they like the knurling yeah on the knurling too. yeah and even and, something as simple as like oh there's a line here to help you like line up your hands with yeah. placement yep and that's the thing too. yeah that's 100 percent. and and york has some bars York's the, known for like some of their bars from the early seventies, like the greatest weightlifting bars ever built. Are they better than the bars today? Like, you know, the, the, the purists would say, yes, I would say like the bars today might be built better for use in like a two to three year time frame. durability. Those old school York bars, old school. They'll Alicos. get you every yeah. day. Right. So it's like, like the boomers, they just won't go away. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, yeah, exactly. I mean, even with the weightlifting shoes, it's like some of this stuff is. It's really. It's really cool when you think about it, where. I mean, dude, even thinking about knee sleeves, dude, back in the day, these guys wouldn't even lift. With Yo, sleeves what's off. crazy is you're talking about like they're like sleeves, you, you still right? don't use sleeves. I don't. You're I, crazy. I don't. I could probably, you told me once, you're like, if you would start wearing knee wraps, you could put 10 kilos on. You would too, because you wouldn't bottom out so bad. Yeah. Well, I, 
I like being able to bottom out. I think that's going to pay off for me in the long run. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you don't know, I don't wear knees. All I wear is a belt when I yeah. squat. Like I mean, a belt's another thing too. I even stopped. I stopped wearing lifters just because it's a pain to go get them. And well, wear. and that's that's like one thing. Even the, if you start to think about from sports performance, like you, you start to see. Okay, you know, let's not talk about cleats. They don't help you at all. Right, yeah, exactly. If 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 I'm thinking just a weight room. Okay, but we let's pretend we have turf. You could wear cleats if we're sprinting on turf. I want you to wear weightlifting I'm wearing sh- Chuck Taylors. You'll I'm not, but still. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be wearing weightlifting shoes when you're on the platform, most likely. You're going to be wearing weightlifting shoes or Metcons, some version of Metcons, whatever the new cool versions are of Metcons. Whoever makes it. Yeah. You're going to be wearing that version likely when you're doing squats and jumps. And it's like, and then we're also going to do some type of barefoot stuff probably. So it's interesting to see like how just shoes as well has has had an impact. Well, that's like it snowed today. So I wore my waterproof shoes that have like I think it's I like took a, a picture of where you fell by the way. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Send that vid- one to I HR. Image, <laughs> I have image evidence of where you ate. I it. bounced right up and I was You probably you did one of those. I was laughing. No, I was laughing. I knew no one was there. And I was I had um I had stuff in my hands too, so I did one of these so yeah. like to protect the stuff. Yeah. Um I was telling Julie about it too. Like I was like, "Yeah, I fell on the way in." She's like, "You're all right." I was like, "I felt worse when we were running the one time, like, and I just slipped on the mud, yeah. and that was on like concrete." I was like, "It was there was snow on the ground, so like I hit the soft one, and I don't I played football. Like I was a yeah, you know how to fall decent, rough and tumble type of kid. My like, problem I, with falling now though is like the first initial reaction. Like sometimes I feel like a jolt in my back or my hip or my my leg from the quick. That's because you don't lift heavy anymore. Oh, get out of here! And actually, I think I get more nervous around sneezing uh, yeah. than I do around like falling. Because like the sneeze, I'm like prepped for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, all right, let's look at another video. Um, because you started talking about like knee sleeves i thought like ply and stuff like yeah, that yeah. too but this guy invented a piece of equipment that like lower backs the world over love back in 73 and i came up with the reverse hyper idea and late in 73 or early 74 and finally and finally we made a machine in 1994 that got patented and uh but i broke it in 83 i was telling people a while ago Dude, that's crazy. He made that in like 83, he just said there. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until 94 he got the patent on it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder like what – that's a whole other story, just going through those hurdles with that, like to make that happen. I wonder how many iterations of it he had. He's probably going to say something about it. Broke it again, L5. You want to take out two discs through my back. I refused to do that. I did acupuncture, acupressure, um, stretched, and reverse hypers. And at over 50 years old, I mean, when I was 52, I squatted 920 pounds. It was the third best in the world ranking that year, and I had the fourth best total. Age has nothing to do with it. This table tilts downward 15 degrees, flat, and this direction 15 degrees. So it has a lot of vari- variations. Okay. Have you ever used one with the different degrees? Once, yeah. I felt a, a greater range of motion. Based off, like, where you were at with yeah. it? I've never used I, one I like liked that. it a lot. And I think, you know... I've always really, really liked one. I'll say this. I like the reverse hyper for back work. I've always liked it 
for doing rowing exercises. And lately, like the movement I was playing around with with the bands, I've been doing some like crazy band stuff with it. Dude, that one was neat because like there was so much stability asked out of yeah. it. There, like the way you would do it, it was like, all right, here, rotate, now hold and don't. It was almost like t- it, it was a quarterback exercise. The, yeah. Well, you do it with the throwers, but it, it was introduced to me as like, hey, do this for someone throwing. And it made me think like throw and take a hit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, here's the hit. Here's the yeah. jolt. Like, here's something knocking you off course. Like, uh, And I, I think that's the thing that we've sort of lacked is, like, you know, the the reverse hyper with the pendulum swinging, I think, is awesome. I think we haven't developed more movements for other exercises using a pendulum. So think about, like, the shot swing from the Werner Gunther video. We could do something like that uh, with a, a faster – with a with a shorter lever arm. I'm saying this as a Werner Gunther video as though you were sitting with me watching. Yeah. That. You weren't in the room. Sorry. No. I but there's – you know, there's – there's some really cool thought that come that can come out of the the pendulum swinging, and if and if you think about that with like lat work or 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 throwing things or you know force you know like being able to handle that force, I think there's there's a massive world of exercises off of this, and that was put together in the early '90s, mid '80s. I think that there's even more that that's gonna come down the chute probably. All right, let's hear Louie talk some more. We're the same. That one has a... That one has, like, uh, where you slide your feet in. Yeah. Have you ever used the one that has more, like... Yeah, the strap, yeah. like a, almost like a dip belt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a... De- for me, there's a definite difference in the way it feels. Like the strap one feels like I can go heavier. Yeah. But that one feels like it, I don't want to say it hits the muscles more. It just, the initial go, like they need to be ready yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to hammer. Distraction, flexion, distraction. I wonder why he's saying distraction there. When it goes under. Oh. People build strength for strength. This machine will build strength through range of motion. Right, so will box squat. You're getting that. That's funny. He says this movement will build strength through range of motion, and then he goes, so, so will box, box squats. Yeah. And it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't disagree with that statement. Right. I don't know how much I agree well, with it, the box squat as relative to range of motion. Well, it's... <sighs> I'm not saying I, he's wrong. I think... As far as Louis Simmons goes, and I have done a video where I think he's fantastic with what he's done, yeah, and in his career and his life when you know, he passed away last year, he was always very good at finding like a so will box squat, but then not including other things that also could do that, like a pause forward okay. motion back squat. It, it it's like. I don't know how I don't know what the the term He stayed on brand. Yeah, yes. I would that's the best way to put it for sure. Which dude, he built he built a culture first. He built a gym, he built a culture and then he built a brand and he stayed on it. I think that's maybe maybe like a to me it's like a punk rock ethos. It's almost like a millennial type of thing too like saying like 
pejorative like brand it's corporate type yeah, of thing. Yeah. but at the same time like i don't know everything's like, on brand west side's a, a brand yeah like you know, it like, makes sense and like there's there's just as much positive as you could see negative from yeah that yeah too. like for sure. it, it's for just sure. frame of reference with it especially too like it was literally like dude was in a garage essentially or like, trying to get people to deadlift more yeah i can get behind that brand yeah maybe i struggle with some coffee brands much better than me there yeah i wonder what what causes that why does that end up happening i always think it's it's your hamstrings trying to make up for your ass and lower back so no no glute no lower back yeah or like like there's a lack of coordination between them and so like your hip is trying to extend at the top so the hip is trying to extend and he knows he needs to get the weight up there but then he does a, a you know a knee flexion he does knee flexion to get the weight higher instead of more hip extension. Okay. Let's see what else goes on here. That's funny. He just said hyperextension is bad. Like, Well, I don't know if he was saying that, like mocking that, or if he was saying it's actually bad. Okay. Yeah. Need yeah. more context. That, I like the heavyweight because of traction. So I just squat it. My back is compressed from the squat. What he just did at 950 squat. That traction lab. So my back's loose again. So when I before I did these, I'd be lying on the floor for like 30 minutes rolling around. This instantly relieves that that, that compression. So so real interesting as well. It's building a building your butt up a lot. I think we got to that that one. Yeah, that's just like a. I, I think. It's interesting how many people are there. Like, well, it's, it says CrossFit too. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. They're there like to learn. Yeah, Dave so, Tate was telling me about when when he was out there, he had started Elite FTS, and he had done a video for CrossFit, and and there was like all, all these like college coaches like were sort of pissed at him like, why would you do a video for CrossFit? And he was like, it was sort of like at the beginning of the boom, so. I saw it was going to happen. I knew it would be beneficial. I think he said they paid him like $20,000 to do a video. Oh. Um, and and they, they asked Good him. for to, him. Yeah, they asked him to do another one because he said he, he didn't want to do it because he knew guys would get mad. So he came up with this crazy price, and then they paid him. They they hit it. Yeah. So It's the best way to do it. Yeah. When you don't, when you're like tenor about I don't something. Do it. Well, what, what would be the number to get me to do it? All right. I'll make it up. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And when when it hits, you're like, all right, I guess I'm doing it now. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> so he he said that they wanted him then to create like a a course or something like that, a training protocol or something uh, for like powerlifting for CrossFit and sell it at, with he, their he, seminar staff. Yeah, I forget who he was talking to, but then he he was like, I, I decided not to do it, but I knew Louis would do it, and I knew if Louis would do it the CrossFit world would then get into powerlifting and vice versa because it would be easier because he had such staying power from the culture of powerlifting because he had been in it for like 30 years by that point. And he knew that they no would, one's going to question him. Yeah, thing. exactly. Like, He's like, no, I'll do it. Yeah. And, and then Louis, Louis Simmons and West side is like an institution within, yeah, powerlifting. within powerlifting. And I, I wasn't sure like Dave didn't say, I don't think he said how much, Louis got paid, but he was like, 
I know they paid him. Yeah. Like so. Well, isn't CrossFit like a billion dollar company at this point? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I think, I mean, the, no, that I think they're been, hemorrhaging a little bit, but I, I don't think anyone's like not that, eating well. That would have been back in like probably 20, 2010 to twenty twelve. Oh, so right before like. I mean, this is twelve years period. ago, so this actually yeah. might be around that time when it was all popping off. Mm-hmm. Poop, poop, poop. I don't know. That didn't sound like a pop. It. I, I think we hit on the point. Like technological advances matter and i'm gonna be like straightforward with the audience we did a video around single leg squats and how it's you know using the bench is troublesome like you know you're putting yourself in a certain situation we get it sometimes you don't have equipment that's what you have to use Mm -hmm. but like if you want to push the load if you want to push your sports performance like you have to meet like it helps to have the better equipment Mm -hmm. it helps to allow the technological advances to come and there was like a lot of tongue-in-cheek probably comments and i was like i want to talk about this in a you know broader sense yeah like hey well it's also like this first of all i mean is it bad that we would be doing that like hey we're you know we have an app that now you have a world class strength coach yes. and a system in your pocket that's also help and you can see it in the in the reviews and in the in the comments of people like saying Should things. I read the one review it, that someone commented? It's it's crazy. It's I feel, like I have to do it. Please. It's that's what technology can do. And the other the other aspect here is like is it is it bad? Like yesterday I was I was with the 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 pro day guys, like the football guys, and we were setting up some of the some of the timing stuff for, for timing their 40. And then, you know, we have a vertical jump mat that we test them on before a session. And there's also some other tools that I would like to use before we, we do specific sessions and then getting data, collecting that, analyzing their fatigue levels, looking at all these things, seeing their performance, seeing where they are through 10, through 20, through 30, through 40 yards, where their strides are with our cameras. And it's like, dude, this is okay. Like, and at the same time, also knowing that I could do a snatch, a clean, a bench and a squat, and I can be just fine and be an absolute freak athlete and quite possibly an even better athlete. But there's also a point to having high technology. Yeah. Like if you have, if you're privileged enough to have the resource and if you get that or try that and use it, like you do have access to like you get, world-class elite program right. like it's all from the gspd system the parabolic periodization it, it's from dane like you're getting dane's programming um but i, I wanted to read this one review because yesterday dane and me got in a review was there one there was also one that trevor put out that yeah i have that do you want me to read that one? i like both i like that one because it was so it's so clear like dude this is what we're trying to do every day all right i'm gonna Hang with me. I'll start with the one I like the most, mainly because yeah. I laughed real hard at this. Yeah. yeah. Um, use peak strength all off season, and I've been counting the days till I can lift with it again instead of my college's program. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would cracked me up. Um, you want me to do the one Trevor sent? This one. This one's pretty good. Real good too. Um, I needed a plan for training and did not know where to start. This is the best app thus far. I never write reviews, but since using this app, I can see my progress drastically. 
Dap has so many options to regular physical fitness to athletic training. I have no complaints. Sat was thoroughly thought about and can tell it it was not done to make a quick buck, but to help those get better in fitness. Thanks. Yeah, like there's literally decades of how do I say it? Spreadsheets of people's training. Yeah. Fed into this thing to be like, yo, this is the system like this yeah, is this is how what it. does this is what works here are the percentages of lifters that we have from masters athletes to elite athletes to kids mm-hmm. and how ratios end up working let's feed this in so it like this is how your weight recommendations and that come all about really does go back to technology and and being able to to uh, almost compartmentalize or just put in the right spots where where that information needs to be yeah we have to do the overrated, underrated. Okay. Um, overrated, underrated. Weightlifting shoes. Underrated. <laughs> underrated because Power Five football programs, if they're gonna clean, should be using them. What about if you have crazy ankle mobility? I don't think you need them as long as you can hold force through the heel. Okay. All right. Overrated, underrated. Squat racks. <laughs> underrated completely underrated. yeah yeah they're very underrated they're underappreciated yeah like the crazy thing is is like even just squat stands i mean really only we only really use squat stands um here like we don't have a lot of squat racks now like what wade has i do like those uh because you could have somebody squatting and you could have somebody theoretically bench on the other side while you might have a platform uh-huh. so it does shrink the the footprint um but squat stands are severely underappreciated let alone underrated all right overrated underrated women's bars that spin and rotate underrated that's another thing like technology wise like yeah, yeah like few people i mean look let me go a little sidetrack here there's power five programs that don't have women's bars even in their in their gym. And let's not even bring up the fact that the NCAA just this year for next year is bringing in women's wrestling into the NCAA. Like it was put in the Olympics in 2004. I just wanted to bring that up because wow. it pissed me off. But they just way to go NCAA. You're way you're ahead 20 of 20 years behind. But I was going to say they're way now. ahead of the curve. You know, they just started paying for that free labor they've been getting for well, at that, least yeah, a exactly. few decades. At least now they're finally bringing it in. But the women's bars stuff, it's like, come on, like we should be doing this constantly. Like we should, everybody should have this. Yes. And then we then we're doing research on women and we. We actually can't get good feedback. I thought because... these were academic institutions that were all about equality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Women's bars, totally underrated. Yeah. But I, I would think some people don't even think of that as like a technological thing, too. Like, it's just an yeah, advancement to make it, to create more access. I do. I see it. Yeah. I'll I know be... you do. Same because you have your bars. progressive mustache. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to grow this in the Fu Manchu with the... With the Zappa, so, yeah, right here, Zappa patch down to here. I can't wait till it happens. Yes, you'll you'll gonna, get your headshot again with I'm it. I'm gonna trim it up tonight. Yeah, nice. Um, either or. This is from Liquidarity. Um, I had to give him a shout out. The lesser of two evils. Okay. Bumper plates in pounds, or mm. bumper plates that are the wrong color but in kilos. 
Wrong colors. So yeah, like, have you ever I've seen... I've seen the reds that are 45 pounds. I've never seen the reds as like 20K. I've seen like... I feel like I've seen uh, orange... 15k ones already okay like i've seen oh, like colors like total different yeah like yeah, a okay. total different color scheme like i think there might have even been a purple there i think so i always like works had these that works had black bumpers for a while that were 20 kilos and they were like my favorite freaking bumpers dude we actually have one of them downstairs and so they had they had the color set and then they had the black set and they're black set with white print. Even though all of them were the same color. Dude, that was my favorite 20K bumper set. So I would have to definitely go with the wrong color kilos. Um, the hard part I would have... Although maybe I wouldn't if I was training a group because we are such a color specific it, group it communicates it so much faster it's, like it's funny because this kid Derek pr his power clean yesterday and and he goes is the red it took him like 15 minutes to figure out he goes and he the way he said it sounded so smart but so dumb at the same time he's like dane is the red the yellow and the green equivalent to two reds and i was like yes <laughs> he's like so the yellow and the green is a red. And I was like, dude, you've been coming here for like four yes. years. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I always like to think of like coming from an educational background that uh, weights are like large manipulatives. Yeah, yeah. And like it's fun like when Reese lifts to make him do the math like in his head yeah to figure that out and yeah. start doing in the conversions to like i'm starting yeah. to try to be he's like how many pounds is it that? helps you a lot with math i was like dude i was like you only need to know kilos first off but if you're curious it's 2.2 so figure it out from there yeah, like, deal with it like that that's the thing too is it's like i like just use kilos and have people convert it mentally yeah figure it out and it, it's it's neat it's cool to see him think that way because I'm sure if he would go talk to anyone else, like you probably see this with Lincoln too. Like they'd probably be like, why does this kid know this or yeah, so why smart? Does he know kilos? Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like simple. You just put them in an environment where it matters until they mass produce pounds with like one pound, two pound, three pound, four pound plates. I don't see the point in using them because they're not as precise and I still would struggle because everybody uses kilos except for us. Yeah. Like everybody. So this is where it's at. All right. We got an audience question. We got one. I believe this one's from the discord. This is a long question. So get your listening ears out. Okay. I got them. All right. I mean, like there's like five paragraphs of I stuff. Clean, I cleaned my ears last night. Do you use Q-tips or did you just... I try not to, but I did it? last night. Why is everyone against Q-tips? I, I The ear, nose, and throat guy I went to said it can it does bad things to your inner wall. Oh. I don't know what that means, though. Whatever. I've been to... A, I went and seen the band Swans live. My ears are toasted. Destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to see him again, too. I'm also going to see Little Wayne, yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, yeah. March 30th. What is that? Dedication? Carter 3 or something yeah. like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throwback all right this is from jay junk first of all great talk on dave tate i'm actually still listening to it since it is so long 
Well, Jay Jung, just so you know, it took me three days to get through the whole Dude, thing. It's three and a half hours. Yeah. And I still stand by what Jason said when it's literally the most comprehensive, in depth analysis of my career to this point. Very nice. Yeah. I just throw that, yeah. throw that out there. You did well. I was proud of you. <laughs> I, I could give you the criticism. Give it to me, but we're going to listen. When to you were job. learning and writing everything down as like an audience, there was, it was getting quiet too much for a podcast oh, for me. Okay, okay. But like, I was like, I'm like, Dane, stop learning. Like people want to be entertained yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, that's fair. And like that was, but that was also, I was, that it didn't start really getting noticeable until like when, um, Dave was asking you, he's like, well, what did you, you had questions about this. What did you want to know? And you were like, I'm not wasting this opportunity. I'm learning today. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So still listening. Um, there's so much in there though. I want to make sure I ask you some questions. I found the part about the different personalities. Very interesting. Uh, you talked about type one, two, and three. If you said this, I missed it, but a few questions. I think you mentioned type one is probably the easiest to coach. But do you think a particular personality type has a greater chance of success? Or stated in another way, um, does a particular personality type make a better athlete than another? And then um, do you think type 2 personalities have any greater difficulty becoming good or great athletes as compared to the other ones? And do you think type 2 personalities need to do anything special in order to improve? And do type 2 personalities have any advantages over the other types? I think that the type one is the best to train. I think that they, they are less, they're more peaceful to train in the sense that like they'll, they'll, this is from a coach's perspective, totally from a coach's perspective. I also do think that they tend to be better performers as well. Um, for the most part, better or more consistent, more consistent, 100%. Theoretically, I think also most of the time better as well. Okay. Most of the time. Type twos, I think the the biggest benefit is that they are very interested in their sport. They they are all about reading and learning and getting into it as much as they possibly can and, and being a part of it. But then I also think that's partially their downfall. It's like they struggle to to stay on track with like what the task at hand is because they're bouncing from so many different resources from so many different ideas they can't you see this in the throwing world throwers that are typically going to be a type two will do like they'll do like 300 drills they want a video from the back they want a video from the side then they justify like this is just how i learn and it's like for sure like i get it you need you need feedback you need to see what what you're doing but they can't go more than two weeks on the same two cues it's immediately like in my experience a lot of them will literally go like day to day changing what they're thinking about and like that's the biggest downfall for them is like dude you're so into it and you're so well versed in the sport and you understand it and you comprehend it blah 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 but Focus on this for the next six months. Two things, six months. And I think that that's like the the uh, the ultimate issue there that I that I do see that that they that they have. Now, with that being said, 
sometimes that can also be a big payoff if you're in in a competition or if you have a, a quick turnaround if a meet pops up and you're just hap- happen to be in the groove and you start something new sometimes you do some random new thing and it clicks right away and you can go compete and blow blow up but it's harder to predict that yeah um do you mind if i add some things into this question um do you find type two athletes are different to coach depending on what sport they do? So like, for instance, the type two athlete originally like was branded as like fragile type of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people were like, oh, I don't want to be a type two. And it's talked about as a social athlete. Mm-hmm. Do they struggle more in like an individual sport, like throwing where it's like only you yourself and maybe have more success in like a team sport. The where, negative aspects of a type two come out more in individual sports. I think in a okay. team sport, they, they can be hidden. Because um, because there's more of a herd. You have talked to me about some type two athletes in team sports who seem to have a really positive impact on the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a football player. What was his? I, I, I forget his name that you were saying. I think he ended up at Rutgers or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah he and now he's at Temple. He for sure he would do certain things in training that would help, you know, Nick even with his training. I would say. So we're talking a D one athlete. Yeah, yeah, power five. So to that point, one of the questions Jay Junk had was like, "Is it becoming difficult, becoming greater?" And it's like all the types can become great. Yeah. Right. I would say it would be difficult. It would be easier inside the field, the the team sport. So they do. So type two do better within a community. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let me see. What else do they have in here? Do they have to do anything special in order to improve? I think you hit on that with like the focus. I think it's like, and I think part of this goes back to the coaching aspect. And I think this is something I'm figuring out now. Is like. Being very clear with what you expect. So like I could I could meet with a type one and a type three and I could be like, this is the plan for the next four weeks. This is the plan for three months. With a type two, you have to talk to them every day. Meaning like you can't just be like, this is, you know, we're going to throw hard and this is a technique. It's like, this is all I want you to think about. They need the word salad. And with it's it. got to be every single day. Dude, I, I have a type two kid who has told me he wants to be a world champion. Shows up late for like every session. We've had multiple meetings that I have meeting notes for him. This is what the meeting notes say. We've had these meetings. Well, yeah, but we didn't talk about that for like three months. So it's up to me to remind you that you have to show up on time for your training because you have the capability and you want to become a world champion. And it's like, that's a neon sign with arrows, like type two, like that's me. And he's also the same one that does sort of get offended or upset when you, when you say something critical of his technique or, or his effort or things like that. And it's like, as a coach, you just have to, the whole goal of the typing is like providing a, a framework for how to handle and how to discuss and how to communicate with these individuals. And I think it's becoming clearer and clearer to me as I'm getting older, like what is more, what is more necessary 
for greater response from the from that type two athlete. Yeah. So just to make sure I was hearing it right, the typing is how the athlete kind of responds to a lot of things emotionally, verbally too. Right. Right. And then you as the coach use what you know about the types to coach them mm-hmm. to kind of I don't I want to say iron out their self-created issues that may arise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Self-created a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you, it's usually the athlete creating their own issues. And my issue has been like I I, I haven't really fully realized a lot of this stuff until I stepped away from a lot of the I mean a lot of it we've we've talked about in the yeah. past and, and gone over but now more so um, I would say more so even in the last like probably six months Dane probably three months oh yeah so do we want to bring that up or no no okay. what me coaching more no. Oh, you've yeah, been coaching like crazy lately. You've been... I'm just saying from coaching more. Oh, okay. Yeah. You've been di- you've been able to like put more you know, you're you have more to put into that bucket. Yeah. Yeah. More energy there. Right. Yeah, and that and that's giving me more time to to yeah. break down what's going on. No. It was it was lit today down there. They yeah. seemed hyped. Yeah. They must be traveling somewhere. That's that's it. Technology rules. Technology rules. Until next time. Peace.